WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. It's 349. You're listening to WBEZ. Let's bring in WBEZ's Patrick Smith, who has been in suburban Highland Park today and was just at the press conference with authorities there bringing us some new details today. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Patrick, can you Thank you so me? much for having me. Yeah, you bet. Patrick, we got a lot of information today uh, in just this press conference, including that later today at 530, there may be a, an announcement of charges against the shooter. First of all, though, we're hearing now a seventh person has died. We've got the names of the victims. What did we find out just now about what we know so far? Well, we learned an awful lot about sort of the years, honestly, leading up to this incident with the alleged shooter. Um, as you mentioned, you know, we, we learned the names of six of the seven dead. The seventh uh, who died, uh, according to authorities, died in, in a hospital in Cook County, which is why they were not releasing the name. We know it is an adult, but otherwise I'm still working to get information about the, the seventh victim. But as far as the alleged shooter, uh, what we heard today, and as you were just saying, we heard that there were at least two, that there were two interactions with police and the shooter in the past, including one time where he, um, according to a family member, had had said he was going to commit or attempted to commit or sorry, attempted to kill himself. And uh, police came out and there, and then it was handled by mental health professionals. And then another time in September, 2019, where a family member allegedly reported to police that he threatened to kill other people in the house with him. Police came, took multiple knives from his possession, but said there was no probable cause for an arrest. We know at that time he did not own any firearms. He did not have a FOID card, which is the permit you need to buy a gun here in Illinois. But that in the years after that interaction with police, he did get a FOID card and purchased five firearms, including at least two high-powered rifles. One spokesman called them like AR-15-style weapons, which he allegedly used one of those in the shooting yesterday. And Patrick, uh, we did hear there that there there were five guns purchased in total. What do we know about those guns and, and what the alleged shooter had been planning for this attack? Well, what we know about those was that he, at least two of them, like I said, that he purchased them within about a year, according to, uh, according to the spokesman that we just heard from, um, between, in 2020 and 2021, I mean, we know it was after September 2019, uh, but within the span of a year, he purchased the five firearms as you mentioned, you know, according to authorities, he was planning this for weeks in advance, clearly had a plan to to use this high-powered rifle uh, to, to exact exa maximum carnage, which, which I think you could say that is what happened here. More than 70 shots fired, uh, seven people dead, another almost 40 injured by bullets, according to authorities. One thing that's still a mystery um, – he had a second high-powered uh, gun in the car with him, high-powered rifle in the car with him when he was arrested, according to police. They say that, you know, he was on the run for a few hours. He went into Wisconsin, although we don't know exactly where. The spokesman said that he stopped at multiple or at least was in multiple different locations in the hours following that shooting. I don't want to speculate or, or, or you know, guess at what was going on, but I do know that it's very terrifying that a person who was the alleged shooter in this case was driving around with another high-powered weapon throughout sort of northern Illinois and, and part of Wisconsin. 
And Patrick, there are also some questions about uh, the gunman's presence on social media. Tell us about that. Yeah, he had posted a couple of very disturbing videos sort of animating bloodshed and shootings, talking about wanting to be a killer and how no one could stop him. Um, There are, if you talk to certain people in this town, that really they believe there were a lot of warning signs about his potential for doing this, that he was essentially saying he was going to do something like this online. Uh, Those have been taken down, but, you know, nothing really ever disappears on the Internet. They they can still be viewed. Investigators said they're they're viewing that material now. It's part of their investigation. Um, And certainly there are a lot of questions about, well, should this have been flagged for someone to try to prevent this from happening? What what we heard from from, uh, Deputy Chief Cavelli just a minute ago was, if you see something like that now about someone, if someone else in your town is posting things like that, to alert authorities and that they, you know, to at least try to alert people to the threat, which it's clear that that according to police, this this young man posed. Sure. And if they see it on social media, they also mention you should report it to that social media organization where you saw it. Um, We were told in this press conference he's been talking to investigators. Are we hearing about a motive yet? We are not. Yes, they they said that he is talking to investigators. They said that at the earlier press conference at 11 a.m. as well, that he was cooperating or at least making statements to to detectives or to investigators in this um, at that 11 a.m. press conference, the spokesman said that they did not believe the large Jewish population in Highland Park was part of the motivation for the shooting. But they're just saying they just he still has not said anything about what his motive is. And at least as far as they're telling us, they haven't divined what the motive for this this killing was. This has been a really devastating two days for the people of Highland Park. And Patrick, you, of course, have been there today talking with people. Vigils have been organized. How is the wider community reacting? Well, they are devastated. I mean, I've heard from multiple people who are just saying they don't know when or how long it will take for them to get over this if they ever are. I talked to um, one woman earlier today who was at the parade with her, with, with 13 other family members, including her two young daughters and cousins who are who are, you know, between the ages of, of eight and, and 13, uh, you know, they, they, they ran from the shooting. They, they sheltered at a coffee shop nearby. And she said they're still really putting the pieces together after this. And that one thing that she's lost already is, is a sense of trust that she's now looking at every person thinking, Oh, what's, what's, you know, suspicious of them. Does that person have a gun? Are they going to do something? Do I need to be afraid? Um, she said, you know, her daughters who are, who are 11 and 13, are telling her that they're okay, but she can see signs that they're they're on edge, that that they're shaken up and nervous. And um, I, I don't know how long she doesn't know how long that that's going to last, and, and what it will take to to live with this trauma that they've been through. And I've heard that echoed from from you know talk to many many people who were either there or just live in Highland Park and and are shaken by by what happened. And Patrick, before I let you go, the police are asking for help from the public, in part because they told us they believe the gunman was dressed in women's clothing to help him escape from the chaotic crowd. And they think there was a female witness who may have seen something. What do you know about that? Yeah, they they talked about they believe there was a female witness who saw um, the alleged shooter. He had he had his gun wrapped in a blanket, a red blanket, according to, to police. They said they believe. I think based on video evidence that a woman saw that they're, they're looking for her to come forward and tell what she saw, saw him drop this, what turned out to be a gun. They recovered that gun. Uh, and that is part, partly according to police, how they identified 
the shooter in this case. But they're asking people to come forward to call the FBI. I'm sorry, I wish I could remember the 1-800. I think it's 1-800-CALL-FBI. It is, 800-CALL-FBI. That's easy to remember. 1-800-CALL-FBI uh, for people to come forward if you are the woman who saw that or if you saw anything that, that, that could help them piece together uh, this horrific incident. That's WBEZ's criminal justice reporter Patrick Smith in Highland Park. Patrick, thanks for the update. Thank you. And we expect another press conference today at 5.30 where authorities say they anticipate an announcement of charges against Robert Cremo. That's coming up later today at 5.30. We'll bring you that here on 91.5 WBEZ, as well as any developments this afternoon as this story continues to unfold. You're listening to WBEZ.